Okay, that's scary. You're scared of a broken clock? Just a bit scared, yeah. Just a little tiny bit. Because, you see, if this clock's broken, and it's the only clock in the room, then what's that? Michelle, be careful! Just a nightmare, Annette. Don't worry about it. Everyone has nightmares. You monsters from under the bed have nightmares, don't you, monster? What do monsters have nightmares about? Me! What's a horse doing on a spaceship? Mickey, what's pre-revolutionary France doing on a spaceship? Get a little perspective. It is customary, I think, to have an imaginary friend only during one's childhood. You are to be congratulated on your persistence. <laughs> I'm the doctor, and I just snogged Madame de Pompadour. One may tolerate a world of demons for the sake of an angel. But you and I both know, don't we, Rose? The doctor is worth the monsters. And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Hang on a minute. Who put you in charge? And who the hell are you anyway? I'm the Doctor. I'm a Time Lord. I'm from the planet Gallifrey in the constellation of Casterberus. I'm 903 years old and I'm the man who's going to save your lives and all six billion people on the planet below. You got a problem with that? No. In that case... Hello, Z! Would you like a jelly baby? My Sarah Jane. Wobbly, timey wimey. Oi, watch it, spaceman. Oi, watch it, Earth girl. I will teach you the folly of your words, Doctor. Uh, Smith, Doctor John Smith. This is Duggan. He's a detective who's been kind enough to catch me. You always were an optimist, weren't you? Thank you for the compliment. Hello. Mate in six moves, Master. Salutations, bonjour, and bienvenue to another episode of Who True Freaks, where a bunch of your favourite podcasters and myself get together to talk about Doctor Who. I am your idiot convivial du village, Dave Walker, and today we're going to look at the time when the Doctor goes from a damaged vessel capable of time travel to help a young girl in her bedroom, where after examining a crack realises there's a creature hiding in the girl's residence and then periodically pops up in her life before uh, she leaves her final words to the Doctor in writing. Nope, we're not covering the adventures of the 11th Doctor and Amy Pond. We're covering the girl in the fireplace, the 10th Doctor story. With me today is the hero de chevaux metallique, Chris Tyler. Hello. Good morning. Hi. Hey, everybody. And also the Mademoiselle de Guerre des Etoiles, Hope Mullinex. 
Oh, yeah. Maybe sad mentioning the pawns. <laughs> I miss the pawns all the time. Sorry. But I, in, in case you haven't noticed, I, I, when watching this um, a couple of months ago, I was watching through the second season of Doctor Who again, uh, the new ones, and it was for the first time since the 11th Doctor, and I spotted a couple of similarities here and there. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, like, she has another lover. Um, she ends up kissing the Doctor randomly. You know? It's, th- there are similarities there, although it's kind of the opposite in some cases, but that's, that's beside the point. Um, I mean, let's be honest, who doesn't want to kiss David Tennant? Hmm. Come on. Well, I know you guys probably don't, but I do, so it doesn't I, matter. I kiss him in Broadchurch. He seems very damaged. Mm-hmm. He looks like he needs a kiss Yeah. Again. But, I mean, just like, you know, I mean, he's about to do be Scrooge McDuck in the DuckTales reboot, and I would totally yes. like that so duck. <laughs> I would max that duck, because it's David Tennant. <laughs> DuckTales was one of my big cartoons that I loved when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. I think I still have a couple of random DuckTales comics left over, you know, like bits and pieces of them scattered about the place, and um, I, I really want to see the new one. Uh, I the the, boy, the cast is amazing. It has like four mm. people from Saturday Night Live. It has David Tennant. It has Lin Manuel Miranda. Like I'm just so excited for this reboot. And um, not Ricky um, from Garfunkel and Oates. It's the other girl whose name I've forgotten. I feel really bad. <laughs> ah, yeah. Um, she's playing Webby. Yeah, she was in uh, Big Bang Theory as one of yeah. Raj's girlfriends. Please hold. I may have to look this up because I feel really bad. Um, That's okay. <laughs> um, and then there's I can't, the guy who is playing the pilot is from um, Master of None. Oh, and he was uh, actually a pilot in that. <laughs> Launchpad. Launchpad. Yeah, Launchpad. Uh, Kit Mikuchi. Sorry. Yeah. That's Greatest her. last name ever. Yes. She is aware. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, how could you not be? High school must have been pretty rough for her. You, would, you wouldn't be a good comic if you weren't aware of that last name. Oh, yeah. You have to exploit it. <laughs> but yes, uh, I I really want them to kind of continue on doing DuckTales for a year or so, and then it's maybe... Already been reviewed, uh, it's already been renewed for season two, and it hasn't even premiered yet. Oh, cool. Nice. Um, yeah. is, is Donald going to be a main character for it? I don't know. That's what I don't know. Because if he's sticking around, they could kind of shift Launchpad over to a different series, you know. But Darkwing I would, Duck? I, I, I would really love a Darkwing Duck comeback. Yeah, yeah. I think everybody would. I mean, we don't currently have a Batman cartoon on, right? There's, there's a void there that could be filled. Justice League ducks. action. Oh, that's a thing. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, it's not really a Batman-centric cartoon, though. So, uh, well. There's also, um, is Teen Titans coming? Or not Teen Titans, Young Justice uh, is coming back? Yeah, Young Justice Season 3 is coming. I don't think it's till next year, though. That's I cannot cool. wait. I'm looking forward to that. I remember Yeah, it. me too. It's going to be so... I cried. I'm so excited. It, t- it took me, like, three years to catch up with the end of it, because, you know... That se- second season's yeah. weird, but it's so... It's one of those where you're like, what is happening? Who had a baby? He's with who? Why is he evil? And then it comes together at the end, and then you cry your eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Ah. so good. So, since we all last kind of congregated, um, was it announced that he was leaving? Yeah, I think we talked about it um, 
the twelfth Doctor finishing up his run and getting a thirteenth Doctor, or technically a fourteenth if you're being pedantic about it. But um, I, th- I think certain people wanted to make people aware of what their choices would be. I have not come up with any. Oh, I thought you were saying so after the episode. Oh. <laughs> oh no, 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 no. We're we're doing this first, so you okay. don't have, oh, yeah. so, so you don't have time whilst I'm doing the, the synopsis. Come up with answers. <laughs> Put me on the spot now. Okay. Do you have any anyone, Chris? I'll be honest. Uh, this was uh, this question got sprung on me right before recording. I haven't been thinking about it, but you know what? Uh, I I kind of I mean the uh, the Capaldi doctor's been kind of. Uh, Jerky, shall we say? Hmm. Uh, older. Um, I still want. I still want the doctor to be older uh, again. Uh, not maybe not quite as old, but I do want it to be kind of a jerk. Um, what's Clive Owen doing nowadays? Because oh. I just think that would be really interesting. That could work. He's a very. Uh, I mean, he's super handsome and everything, but he, I, he, you know, a little, maybe a little bit of uh, thuggishness in the doctor could work. It'd be different. I could see that being. Uh, similar to Christopher Eccleston in that respect. It yeah. It quite well. Well, I loved Eccleston, so, you know, if we can get some of that flavor back, I'd definitely be down for it. Yeah, that could be cool. If, I think, I, I if, I, I'm suspecting that since I haven't seen a Time Stone yet in any of the kind of Marvel stuff yet, that Hilly Atwell could be kidnapped at some point to do that, but if she has any free time, she could possibly come in and be a doctor, maybe, for a bit. I- I'd be happy if she came in and did one season. That's it. You know? I'd be happy to watch her I read the phone that. book. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah. I don't think she's doing anything with Marvel right now, because Peggy's dead, Agent Carter's not running. Yeah. So. And there's a... there was a, that, That's why I mentioned the Time Stone. I haven't seen it yet. It's entirely possible it could come into play and bring back Peggy Carter. Just saying. Yeah. Mar- if Marvel's listening, do that. Just, just do it. Okay. Yeah. We we want yeah. more Peggy Carter, not less. Took me a second to realize, like you were talking about the time stone in Marvel. <laughs> like yeah. the Avengers comments, I was like sitting here like Doctor Who. What time stone? Oh, I just want to see the awkwardness that would arise from Steve having to have a love triangle with Peggy and her own niece. Yeah. And then if you're in the fandom world, his also his boyfriend's Falcon and Bucky. Yeah. Does that be like a five-way triangle, a polygon, pentagon? I don't, that's just, I can't even wrap my head around that. Time <laughs> enough to deal right. with one we'll person. Just, we'll just, everybody will just have polyamory and be fine. And if we, if we were to go into the comic side of things, <laughs> since, yeah, since, oh, since yes. we can make a hexagon if we introduce Black Widow to kind of take some of the Winter Soldier yeah, stuff. Like Bruce Banner and Thor, it'll, be, it'll just be, yeah. you know, everybody will just take off their shoes and they'll have an Archie. Okay. <laughs> Because yeah. That's the actual definition of an orgy is when you have three or more people with bare feet. Oh, cool. really? Yeah, that's the actual official definition of what an orgy is. Three or more I guess I'll never be in one because I like to leave my shoes on. There you go. I, I think it's it's B A R E, not B E A R, right? Because I don't have any bare feet. I, I, I can have <laughs> bare feet, but not bare feet. We don't really have bears around here. Bears that were like lion feet, but I don't have them anymore. I guess that would give you pause for thought if you had them. Pause. Oh my gosh! As you guys were right talking, I added like three more people to my list. <laughs> All right, well that's okay. Let's hear your list. Then. Some up. Okay, now this one I've been like these two people I've been like lobbying for for a while now. Ever since like 
David Tennant era. <laughs> but um, one, I think, is too big of an actor to ever do it. Uh, and he's producing a show right now, and that'd be Chris. Uh, uh, that'd be uh, Rupert Grint from Harry Potter. He was oh. Ron Weasley. Oh wow! And he finally be a ginger. <laughs> I know. And yeah. the other one was Chris Rankin, who was Percy Weasley, because he's he's still a relatively small actor, so he wouldn't be. It wouldn't be the bells and whistles, and I. I've seen some of his other work. He's really good with like quiet scenes and stuff. And he'd be the other ginger I would want. Yeah, that that, that would be a good way to go. Uh, I think yeah. I actually really like that. A, a more unknown person would work better. I I, I prefer yeah. it when I don't really know them from anything. But the, the times but where I, I have known them was such like a small character in the movies yeah. anyway. His his part was very reduced from what it was in the books. Yeah. Especially yeah. in book seven. Hmm. But uh, my my next choice, but I know he wouldn't do it because he's currently filming Once Upon a Time, which would be Robert Carlyle. Oh yeah. Oh wow, that would be, yeah. Yeah. That's that's awesome. Yeah. But he's currently filming Once Upon a Time, but they're doing the summer films. So I don't know when they're bringing in the new Doctor, but I mean he's he's main cast. So unless Once didn't get renewed again, but Doctor Who has has mm-hmm. such a weird filming schedule anyway. Yeah, I so, I barely know when it's gonna be on. It's, is it gonna be on this year? I don't know. Yeah, we didn't get one last year. Yeah, we're getting the obligatory Christmas episode, and yep. I think that's it for the rest of the year. Yeah, my next choice, I would rather have him as James Bond, but it'd be Idris Elba. But I think he's mm. too big of a name to be the Doctor. Yeah, I don't. Unfortunately, <sighs> he would be cool. Yeah. Again, yeah. reading the phone book. Yes, you know it's. <laughs> Particularly if he was going dramatic on it, you know, very angry. I, I, I could be scared of certain people's names and numbers. He's <laughs> super charming though, because he's really funny in rock and roll, which is, Ooh. and he's, I mean, he's, yeah, he's, he's playing a gangster, and he's still funny. Yeah, but Marvel has him because they're doing all the Infinity War filming right now, so they couldn't, they probably couldn't get him back. He's in Atlanta though right now, so that's fine. I can mm-hmm. always just pop down and see him. Go, go ask him very nicely if he could free up some time for it. <laughs> no, I wish. So I have a buddy who does a lot of extra work. Like he was in Hunger Games, he was in Civil War, he was in he was in Black very briefly Black Panther. He was in um uh uh uh, uh, uh the other one he was in Homecoming, Spider Man Homecoming, and he was he came into my store the other day and I was like, Hey German, what's up? And he was just like he has a smile and I was like, You got Infinity War, didn't you? And he's like, I got fifteen days of Infinity War. Wow. I saw Robert Downey Jr. this morning and I was like, Oh my god, you son of a bitch. That's awesome. <laughs> I should so, really yeah. look into getting extra work because they're apparently filming Krypton over here. What the hell? Wait, Krypton's actually happening? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm not sure that I'll enjoy it. I, I, it looks like it could be interesting, but if I were able to get an extra part in Krypton, that would mean I was Kryptonian, and then I could fly. I'm just saying. Not yeah. on Krypton. Yeah, but then I wouldn't be on Krypton because I was only on it briefly. But it would be briefly enough. Didn't, didn't the people behind Krypton read the line, the purpose of Krypton is to explode? Yeah. <laughs> That's that's oh, why they said it with with the uh, Kal-El's granddad. His his grandfather is going to be running about doing stuff. Okay. I think I think that's who it is. Either way, sci-fi is getting a series out of it. I think. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But they cancel stuff like Farscape, whatever. Yeah. Did it not get canceled like three, four times? They cancel it right before the final season. 
Ah. That was the biggest kick in the... And then they tore down the sets before they... They're like, well, the sets are torn down now. We're not going to do it. Like, oh, jerks. Yeah. It's... I, I think our kind of show... I lost kind of track of it for a while when it was being shown over here. So maybe that's where I'm thinking of it. Maybe we didn't review the things properly. Or maybe I just got distracted by stuff. Which oh, it was I, no. I, I when, when Farscape was on, it was Sci-Fi's biggest show. We had it and, on BBC Two, you see. So uh, it was their biggest show, and then they were like, "You know what? There's more money to be made in licensing out wrestling and um, paranormal investigation shows." Mm. Hey, right. Ghost Hunter is still my guilty pleasure, and I'm not uh, over it being careful. <laughs> that was my guilty pleasure show. I don't believe in guilty pleasures. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So I got two more choices for my doctors. Okay. Go for it. Who's up next? Alright, this next one, uh, I think he could bring a very Christopher Eccleston vibe to the show. Uh, it would give it kind of a different look. Um, and, but he's also been on the rise lately, uh, in different things, and especially because of Star Wars, and he was on Time Magazine's Top 100 People, he was on the cover, and that, that is, uh, Riz Ahmed. Ooh. So, That'd I think. That'd be pretty he, sweet, too. He's so young, though. Hmm. That's yeah, I, I still think, like, because some of his other shows, like, uh, the one on, uh, like, I think it's called The Night Of, I think it's on HBO, like, he can really bring a lot of darkness to a character, or he can be super light and fun, mm. like he was as Bodhi Rook in Rogue One. Mm. So, I, I I think he could bring, like, a very different kind of a, I think he, if he went for, like, a Christopher Eccleston film, he would totally rock it. Um, but I just love him, too. Mm. <laughs> And then my last choice is just my always golden choice because he's my favorite actor of all time, and I love him. And he's precious, but he's currently filming Walk Like a Panther. Uh, but he was in the Aliens, and he was on Once Upon a Time in Wonderland, and that's Michael Saka. Hmm. And I love. I'm not familiar with him. He is a he is very, he is pretty much uh, a walking Christopher Eccleston like doctor, except for that's him in real life. Um, I love his <laughs> acting ability. He's kind of a douche in real life, but that's fine. Uh, but I love him for his talent, and he is my favorite actor of all time, and I love him. Um, he would definitely be a very different kind of doctor. Um, he, I think he could bring... If, if you watch What's My Time Wonderland, what he's really good at is, like, it's a fantasy show, but he makes his character very human and real, and it, you're like, oh my god, I am, like, having feelings for Alice and Will Scarlet, and they're real people. Like, he's very good at taking, like, he did the same thing in the aliens, except for his character's kind of a tool, and I hated him. But at the same time, you really felt for this guy because you're like, this guy's part alien, and he's a real human being too, though, and he, you feel for his struggles and can see why I hate him because he made choices that I hate. But still, so Michael Sack is my favorite actor of all time. So I'm just like, can we just put him in everything? Well, there you go. <laughs> so. Considering they have pinched a couple of uh, previous guest stars and actors from earlier seasons, is there anyone who's been on Doctor Who that you think could pop up again as the Doctor? I'm, I'm guessing that they won't go that route, considering they made a big thing about it for Capaldi this time. Yeah. But anyone you think would match up? You know, there's been I've heard rumors back and forth that like Tennant's coming back, he's not coming back. Maybe he'll come back. He wants to come back, but he's doing other stuff. But he doesn't want to come back. Like I've heard several things about like rumors about Tennant wanting to come back. Mm-hmm. And I don't. But I kind. At one hand, I do. I would like that. On the other hand, I wouldn't. Ah, uh, that's. 
I don't know how I'd feel about that. Yeah. It's, it's if you brought him back full time, even if it's only a season, I feel like it's gonna be. I mean, uh, it's. I think you gotta. I think you gotta save the previous doctors for you know if you're gonna do you know a multi doctor story and they. Yeah. Bring it back a regular doctor full. I think it's gonna like ruin the flow of whatever they're gonna try to do. But then again, I'm not a showrunner, so what do I know? Yeah. It's time, like, I just, I, I would love Eccleston to come back, just to have another yeah. go at it. Yeah, I know yeah, he won't, like, but, you know. No, he won't. <laughs> but I, yeah. I would love it, just to give him another chance. Yeah, I, I very much, I, I love his doctor. I mean, you can't beat um, The Empty Child and The Doctor Dances. Those are just stellar episodes. Eat me with some savvy peas. Yeah. I'm hungry, sorry. It's all right. Cool. Uh, wow. yeah, I'd, lo- I'd love to doctor story, because, I mean, all the new doctors are all alive, so... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you asked the question, Dave, so is there anybody you want to come back? See, I, I would kind of like to see uh, Mickey or Rory pop back as the doctor, just because they got kind of short shrift occasionally from, from the doctors, so... I would give it would serve them right. <laughs> Hmm. Well, R- Rory's kind of playing the the doctor right now on Legends. Yes. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I was thinking. I was going, oh, I could hijack him back again. I mean, he has a nice long coat, you know. Yep. It's, he has an English accent. Yes, know? that helps. Um, <laughs> you know, I I wouldn't want him to be the doctor, but I wouldn't mind seeing uh, Jack Hartness again. But I, I wouldn't yeah. want him to be the doctor. I just want—I really wanted to see him with Capaldi at some point and just be like, "Oh my God, you're old. What happened? You used to be so pretty." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would I just, be like, awesome. Wanting that so bad, like Harkness and and Capaldi's doctor together. I kind of want to see what fallout there would be from the last thing of Torchwood, because that—that was a thing. Do you remember how Torchwood ended last time you saw it? I, I, the very last episode of Torchwood I ever saw was Yanto's death, and I couldn't bring myself to watch it again. Mm. Understandable. Yeah, was that, uh, Children of Earth? What happened today? I just, and I also just hate Gwen, and it was pretty much just Jack and Gwen, and I can't stand her, and I want to kick her out a window. Yeah. So. There, there was the one where nobody was dying. That was the, that was the whole plot where nobody was dying, and it was all in America. Pretty much, and occasionally mm-hmm. Wales, but there was like uh, he was teaming up with an American team, and one of them had died, and he was working with him because he wasn't dead because nobody was dying and stuff. And Gwen's dad was sick and wouldn't die, even though he was in a lot of pain. And there was a whole thing. And well, that's how it sounds. That just sounds terrible. Yeah. It, it was okay in certain places. Um, Independence Day president is Lone Star. What's his name? Oh, uh... Bill Pullman. Uh, Bill Pullman? Yeah. Yeah, he was in it as a serial killer or uh, something like that. A child killer, maybe? Um, who was executed on the day that everything was, you know, everything changed. And, uh... Man, that'd you know, be terrible to be a serial killer and, like, no one's dying and you're just like, why won't you die? It, it was something like that, but he got given the death sentence. The death sentence was carried out. He didn't die, so he had to be released because his sentence was his yeah. sentence had been carried out. So there, there's a whole funny. thing about that. And, 
you know, there were interesting things in there, and I haven't seen it in so freaking long. I think it was 2011, so the last stuff for it. 2011-2012 kind of time. So, I like I said, I would like to see the fallout from it to see what happens, or what would have happened, but, you know, it's probably occurring in a different universe now, technically, because nobody's made mention of any of that crap happening in the Doctor. <laughs> you know? Oh, by the way, Doctor, uh, I know you weren't here, but there was this whole time period where people weren't dying. You know, it was really weird. Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't pop in for a visit around then. <laughs> Sorry, it all got sorted out while you weren't here. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably all you'd get, too, is you'd just get a hand wave on it. Yeah. But, you know... That's uh, fine. Just this once, nobody dies. <laughs> yeah. In time period, Rose, everybody lives. <laughs> oh my god, the overpopulation would be terrible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It already is terrible, but still. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I, I think we've been uh, delaying this long enough. I, 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 don't, I don't... Delaying's the wrong word, but, you know, it's the one I've picked for this. So we should probably get into this. Um, All right. Okay, so The Girl in the Fireplace originally aired on the 6th of May 2006. The Doctor was David Tennant, with Billy Piper as Rose Tyler, Noel Clark as Mickey Smith, Sophia Miles as Renette, Ben Turner as King Louis. Dang, I've been like trying to place her this entire like for days. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Jessica Atkins as Young Renette, Angel Colby as Catherine, uh, Gareth Wynne Griffiths as the Manservant, and Paul Casey as the Clockwork Man, Alan Thomas as the Clockwork Woman, and Malcolm McDowell was in a Clockwork Orange. Just so you know. <laughs> yes, he was. It was directed by Euros Lin. Written by Stephen Moffat and produced by Phil Collinson with executive producers Russell T. Davies and Julie Gardner. The TARDIS materialises on a seemingly derelict spaceship drifting in space. The Doctor, Rose and Mickey explore the ship and are puzzled to find an 18th century French fireplace. When he looks through the fireplace, the Doctor sees a young girl and asks who she is. She replies that her name is Renette and that she lives in Paris in 1727. The Doctor deduces that the fireplace is a time window a device that allows direct access to another time and place. The Doctor steps through the time window and arrives in Renette's bedroom only to find that months have passed there. He discovers a ticking humanoid wearing 18th century clothing and a jester's mask hiding under Renette's bed. After it threatens him with a saw-like device that slides out of its arm, the Doctor tricks the creature into returning through the time window to the spacecraft, where he and his companions learn that it is actually an intricate clockwork android. The android teleports away and the Doctor warns Mickey and Rose not to go looking for it. The Doctor returns to Renette's bedroom while Mickey and Rose arm themselves and go looking for the android. While trying to find Rose and Mickey, the Doctor discovers a horse that stepped through a time window who he later names Arthur. Returning to Renette's bedroom, the Doctor discovers that she is now a young woman. She flirts with the Doctor and they kiss before she leaves to join her mother. The Doctor then realises that she is Madame de Pompadour, the mistress of King Louis XV. Back on the ship, the Doctor and his companions find several additional time windows and learn that each leads to a different moment in Madame de Pompadour's life. In one of them, the Doctor sees another clockwork creature menacing her and steps through the window to defend her. The Doctor tells Renette to give the android orders and it obeys her. It tells her that it is a repairer android and that their spaceship was damaged in an ion storm. The androids did not have the parts necessary to repair the ship and killed the crew to use their organs for parts. The androids need one last part. Renette's brain. Confused, the Doctor creates a telepathic link with Renette, but is startled to find that she can also see into his mind. 
The androids capture Rose and Mickey and are about to harvest them for parts when the Doctor rescues them. The Doctor discovers that the androids plan to open a time window to her next life at the age of 37, believing that her brain at that age will be compatible with the ship's systems. The clockwork androids appear at a costume ball and take Gwinnett and her guests hostage. At one end of the room is an enormous mirror, which is actually a time window. The Doctor and his companions can see through it, but they cannot enter without smashing the window and breaking the connection, as the androids locked it after the Doctor's previous interruptions. The androids threaten to decapitate Renette, but the Doctor on Arthur crashes through the mirror to save her. The androids give up and shut down when the Doctor tells them they now cannot return to their ship to finish the repairs. Renette tells the Doctor that she had her fireplace moved to Versailles in the hope that he would return. The Doctor finds that the fireplace is still an operating time window and uses it to return to the spaceship. He tells Renette to pack a bag and prepare to leave. The Doctor returns to the fireplace seconds later but discovers that seven years have passed in Renette's time. King Louis XV finds the Doctor, tells him that Renette has died, and gives him a letter in which Renette expresses her hopes for the Doctor's quick return and confesses her love for him. The Doctor returns to the TARDIS and watches the time windows close before leaving the ship. The TARDIS crew muse about the reasons the androids wanted Madame de Pompadour's brain to complete their repairs and the Doctor conjectures that the ship's memory banks were damaged by the Ion Storm. When the TARDIS dematerializes, a portrait can be seen stating the birth and death date of Madame de Pompadour. As the episode ends, the lifeless ship drifts through space. Its name is SS Madame de Pompadour. Dun dun dun! So... What did you guys think of this one, then? You want to go first or me? Uh, I'm going to pick you to go first. Since this was your first ever episode of Doctor Who, yes? Yeah, um, so I, I'm, gonna, I'm really glad that I'm on this show today um, to, to bring down the mood for like two seconds. Um, I, I haven't watched Doctor Who since, since we lost Sean. Um, it's every time I tried, it was just like really painful and it was really difficult for me because every time I would watch it, I, I would, I would think, you know, I, I wouldn't be able to talk with Sean about this or discuss it or anything. So that, that's a big reason why I never finished, uh, Clara's season and watched any of this last season. So when I, when I heard that you guys were going to be doing Girl in the Fireplace, I, I really wanted to be on this episode. Because Girl in the Fireplace was my first episode of Doctor Who ever. And it's what got me hooked on the show. Because when I was in college, I had a friend named Colin. And we, my freshman year, like, we would have lunch every day together. And one day he came in. And he was just, and he looked, looked so excited. I was like, what, what's wrong? He was like, I just watched this episode. And there were these angels. And I quantum locked. And I turned to stone. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> it's like, show clock, Doctor Who and stuff. It, it was so good. And he was like, you know what, why don't we watch it tonight? And I was like, okay. So we went to the student center, and there was another guy named Blaine, who's still also my friend today, and I love him to death. And they are like, well, let's pick an episode. And they're like, well, we need a really good episode for Hope. Like, you know, a really good intro episode. And they're like, well, what about Girl in the Fireplace? And I'm watching this, and I had no idea what was going on, but it was awesome. And so I'm, I, I, I have very, a very special place in my heart in this episode. And I, I will argue that it is one of the best intro episodes for, for a new Whovian because you get the human aspects with Rose and Mickey. It's a really good balance of sci-fi and history. You get the doctor being the doctor. You have the monster that's going on. 
Um, I, I think this is one of the... You, you even get little explanations about how the TARDIS work. Like, Mickey was like, what do you mean they were speaking French? And Rose was like, oh, it's the TARDIS, it translates. So it's, it's a good kind of explanation of a little bit of everything in Doctor Who. So this is a very special episode to me. And so I, I really want to be a part of this because this, this, it, it was nice being back in Doctor Who again and watching it for the first time in well over a year. And it was, it, it kind of like jived my love again of why I love this series so much. So I, I'm very, very happy to, to come back on this episode. Nice. You're kind of lucky in some respects as well that this was your first episode because I have no idea what my first episode was. <laughs> it's because it was an ongoing thing, you know, when I was born. Yeah, born. Because it's, <laughs> we, we had, I think it was, it would have been Colin Baker at the time. For all I know, two-year-old me watched Colin Baker. I don't remember it. Three-year-old me watched Sylvester McCoy. I don't remember it. Four-year-old me remembers watching Doctor Who. Four-year-old me got terrified of Doctor Who. <laughs> but that, that's kind of the whole point. And that's... I mean, they, they basically cover that in the episode as well, with the whole, there's a monster under the bed, the Doctor is the one to save you from the, from the monsters. That's the whole point of the Doctor. But, yeah, yeah I mean, the episode itself is, is very well done with... Uh, with all of the kind of jumping about the life that... I'm pretty sure they use this as a template for the whole Amy Pond thing. You know, it's got to feel like it. You know, there, oh, there are lots of similarities. But if you're going to use something for a template, you may as well use something really good. Yeah, and it's uh, it's prime tenant. It's before he got hmm. super super duper shouty and, yeah. and overly wacky. Um, there's a little, you know, he does have that air of, of zaniness to him. Uh, but it's not the almost caricature that he was at the end of of his run. Yeah. Um, and uh, when he when when uh, Renette kisses him, he kisses back. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed watching it this time. It's it's not just oh I'm this strange alien that's being kissed by this beautiful woman. You know, he kisses back. So he's. I mean, I know that they've said the doctor is sort of asexual. I don't think so. Mm. Is <laughs> this beautiful, like twenty-year-old blonde woman kissing you? And you, yeah, you kiss back. Yeah, I mean, I kiss back. He's gorgeous. He, I think. Well, he yes, kissed, he is. He kissed her back several times following this as well. Like I assume, because Sophia Miles and David Tennant were a thing briefly. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. All right. All right. It didn't last, obviously, because he decided to get it on with his daughter. I mean, the doctor's daughter. Um, but you know. That, that's it. That's a completely different kettle of fish. Yeah, yeah. He, he seems to he seems to like finding romance on set, so maybe that's why he had to leave. Because he, oh. he he hasn't had any pro any problems with you know, uh, Georgia Moffat, isn't it? I think that's her name. I can't remember her name, but uh, L Little Miss Moffat, um, <laughs> um, or Mrs. Tennant. Maybe give it with Mrs. Tennant because I believe they're married now, anyway. They are married now. So, that should be fine, right? I hope that he hasn't had other trouble on no. set if he's married. He, he doesn't talk about it because uh, apparently because uh, it's hard enough to have a personal relationship without like everyone knowing about everything that's going on. So he tries to keep his personal life private. Which, you know, good on him. Yeah. Uh, but uh, this, is, um, Sorry. this is a really good... Uh, 
early episode of the of the relaunch. Uh, like Hope said, you do get the all the different aspects coming into play. You get the the straight up sci fi of them on a derelict spaceship, which then leads to an adventure in history, which is yeah. you know what the show started as. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of you know all of the elements that you think of when you traditionally think of a of a Doctor Who hmm. episode is are in this. Uh, those clockwork people, man, the the uh, masquerade ball masks that they put on them are terrifying. I, I oh man, <laughs> rewatching it, I was so creep creeped out. <laughs> yeah, but the the actual clockwork inside is also awesome. yeah, it's so beautiful. It's that whoever like whatever props master made that good job. <laughs> yeah, um, it's an actual working thing. You know, it obviously didn't operate a robot, but you know. They could have put yeah. really, really cheesy CGI there, but some person sat down and made that. Yeah, yeah I think they had to save the budget so for the CGI for when they got the horse to come through the mirror. Was that CGI? Yeah. Uh, they weren't allowed the horse in the ballroom, so oh, everything okay. where you see the horse in that room is not the horse in that room. I think they also had to CGI on um, David Tennant's face. So, okay. All right. No I... horses allowed. Damn it. They probably filmed just a horse jumping in front of a green screen. Yep. Pretty sure that's how they did it. It's a great image, though. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that's also, like, one of my, like, favorite lines of, like, well, this is my lover, the King of France. He's like, I'm the Lord of Time. Yeah. yeah. That's, like, one of, like, my iconic, like, Doctor Who lines when I think of Doctor Who, especially te- Tenet's run. Like, that's one of the lines that sticks out to me always. Yeah. I think that was the first time I was like, okay, I really like this show. Because <laughs> I was just like, that, that was a brilliant line. <laughs> uh, but the, the whole interplay between him and Madame de Pompadour, it's it's very well done for someone who's known her for the sum total of a day, but also possibly her entire life because he goes into her memories. And yeah. I, I can't help but wonder if that's how he kind of you know, essentially falls in love with her. Because I think he does. I mean... Yeah. You know, you know, Renette's one of those characters that it's kind of like Sally Sparrow to me. Like, I just wish she was able to stick around, but you know, you can't. Um, I, I always wanted to think of, like, how she would be, like, a print, like, you know, a, a, like a queen in space. And I, I think she could be a really good human companion because she would see just atrocities in space and just equate it back to her life and like being like a woman of the people and would want to help people. I, I always thought like she had a really good potential of being that kind of character in space. Yeah. But it's, I guess it's difficult when you're using actual historical figures. I know yeah, they kidnapped uh, Nefertiti briefly, but they, they put her back fairly sharpish afterwards. You know? <laughs> yeah. Fixed points in time. You see, you can't yeah. Can't be fucking people out of them. I know. I can dream. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's. It would be interesting to see because I don't think they've done it on the relaunch. They haven't plucked somebody out of, a you know, even just a regular person out of the past and brought them into the future as a regular companion, right? No. Yeah. They could totally do Amelia Earhart though because she was never found. She just went on space adventures with the Doctor. That could be cool. Well, that's different. She was never found, so that yeah. there's your tie. And it's like, well, she was never found because the doctor kidnapped her. Or, or, that'd be awesome. Or someone else kidnapped her and he rescued her from whatever predicament she was in. 
Yeah. And maybe she was just like, screw flying old planes, I'm gonna fly a spaceship. <laughs> maybe she was actually test piloting um, some sort of new spacecraft, and things went awry. And they covered up by saying, oh yeah, she was trying to fly around the world, and, and, and she disappeared. Yeah. Maybe maybe it was a time travel vehicle, and she ends up Ooh. in the future. And because her disappearance is a fixed point in time, she can't go back. There you go. Oh, that'd be so cool! See? Okay, but, yeah. next season, when when Chris Rankin or Rupert Grant's the doctor, <laughs> that's about to be a story. Yeah. I'm just trying to think. We, we haven't had anyone from the future, really, either, except for Captain Jack. Yeah, they've I, kept it contemporary. Yeah, it's it's been all people who've been relatively normal, you know. I would well, that's the thing. alien companion. Hmm. Well, if you pull somebody from the future, the stuff that's going to happen really isn't going to be a surprise to them, so it kind of wouldn't work that way. You'd either have to have somebody contemporary that's going to be amazed at all the crazy stuff they're seeing. Oh, but you or, could do it backwards, though. Yeah. Like, bring someone back and then be like, what do you mean you don't have running water? What is this dark age? <laughs> <laughs> Like, All like, right, it, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, they could do it backwards. He'd be like, "What? Where's my Wi-Fi? Like, where is it?" I mean, I, I haven't actually looked into how often they go to the past or future with the current doctors, whether or not they tend to geared towards more future stuff, or if they kind of stick to more present day or past or what's going on there. Uh, they seem to be popping to Victorian times a lot of late, but that may be due to uh, Madame Vestra and Co. Uh, yeah, it could be. I, you know? I, I, or just the fact that they're in the United Kingdom and you know all those yeah. buildings still look the same. Pretty <laughs> much. No, it's good to have something from the future like pop into the past and like kick off like the Bronze Age and like ancient Greece or something. That'd be cool. Mm-hmm. I don't think we've gone back that yeah, far. Yeah, they haven't gone back in here well. Yeah. yeah. It's been a long time since they went back a long time. <laughs> yes. But yes. Uh, so, the the mechanical android creatures, um, what did you think of what they were doing? Because the eye and the heart are freaking creepy as hell. Yeah. Yeah. Using parts of people to rebuild your ship. And more importantly... Is it proper barbecue? Because cause apparently people argue about this, so... I don't know. I mean, look at fried gr- the book Fried Green Tomatoes, where they killed a guy and barbecued him. I mean, Secrets I... in the sauce, baby. Secrets <laughs> yeah. in the sauce. <laughs> See, here, barbecue is basically any time you can get outside and cook stuff over fire of some kind. I don't That's know. If basically... I can a and grill, it's barbecue to me. Uh... <laughs> well, well... Barbecuing is a big thing in America. Um, Ideally, the presence of smoke infusing the meat at a low temperature constitutes barbecuing. I'm from the Northeast. We basically call anything that when you go outside and put stuff on the grill as well barbecuing. Well, technically, it's technically it's grilling. Same thing in the South. Like if we if we make a steak on the grill outside, we barbecue that steak. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, I'm not from I'm not from one of those those fun barbecuing states. So you know, it was uh, I I really liked that moment like when they realized that it was people that were the parts because it, it's really well done because they could have made it like super gruesome, 
but mm. it was just dark enough to be like to realize that Mickey and Rose are in actually real danger. Danger, yeah. And but it wasn't like too gruesome to where like you would traumatize a child. Yeah. Well, the show should never be too gruesome. It can definitely yeah. be creepy. But yeah, I don't. Yeah, if it ever goes gruesome, I'm gonna stop watching because that's not yeah. why I'm tuning into the show. That they, sh- yeah. they shouldn't be seeing them taking the people apart to put them into the places. You know, yeah. keep that as vague as possible. Yeah, because um, I think I think that's the beauty beauty of Doctor Who is our imagines are our imaginations are so much more wilder. Like we can mm-hmm. fill in those blanks and. Yeah. It, it's one of those things, like, as a kid, you'd just be like, oh, the crew's gone, but as an adult, adult you'll be like, oh, the crew's gone. Yeah. yeah. It's it's whenever whenever you see the eye and the heart, you realize what happened to the crew. You go, oh, great. And it's, yeah. you know, they confirm it later, but you're going, ooh. Yeah, and, then, and another show that's not a family show would have Mickey and, and Rose walking into, you know, whatever abattoir they slotted them all in, yeah. And you just, you don't need that. When they have Rose and Mickey tied up and ready to be put in, uh, you know, ready to be taken apart for parts, uh, the Doctor's entrance is, is, is lovely. Yes, yes it is. <laughs> I love him playing drunk, because like, yeah. he's just like, and I'm going to pour wine on you. <laughs> yeah. You're Mr. Thick, 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 thickety, thickety thick, thick face thick. from thick time, thick in you. And so is your dad. (laughs) That's the kind of thing I used to say, you know, so is your dad. You know, that, I I love what they had going on in this, just the humor that they were able to put in, in a point where they were essentially about to cut up and put people into a spaceship as parts. And then he pulls out a banana! Yeah, bananas are good. The the iconic banana. (laughs) Always bring a banana to a party. Which is a great kind of carryover from, like, the uh, Eccleston run, yeah. too. Good source of potassium. Yeah. Uh, there's a banana field growing in the, what was it, the factories of wherever it was. Wherever the squareness gun was made. Uh, oh, yeah, I remember. I can't remember, but it's, it's nice that he still likes the bananas. I wonder if it was, it, I wonder if he has just, like, a whole kind of hand of bananas in there, just from that one orchard or banana plantation or whatever bananas are grown. Oh, the, the TARDIS has to have a greenhouse, right? Ah, Makes probably. Sense. There's a swimming pool. He's got everything else. This, I think I saw an open-air kind of, you know, pond at some point. It's, people get lost in there all the time. There's, yeah. there's probably some sort of arbor. There's a real dark story there. Where's all the where's all the dead people that have gotten lost in the TARDIS? <laughs> the doctor doesn't talk about them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just have I just imagine, like, the Doctor being, like, Star-Lord, and, like, a girl just pops up from the floor, and he's just like, oh, I forgot you were here. <laughs> that, that could be a good way to go as a next companion, just have her show up like that. Oh, my God, yeah. Or him. Yeah. Or him. Like, maybe she's stuck on the TARDIS, and she's been like, I've been lost for five years. And he's like, really? Where did you come from? <laughs> I was just the TARDIS screen with them. Oh, jeez. Because I'm pretty sure that in some of the shorts from... I don't know where they came from, but um, there was a short I saw where Clara was wandering around the TARDIS and couldn't get to sleep because the TARDIS was doing something really annoying. And then she sees a whole bunch of 
future and past versions of herself showing up to complain about it as well and getting more and more tired. And it was just essentially the TARDIS screwing with her. So I, it would be nice to have a companion show up that way and just be semi-deranged from, from lack of sleep and whatnot. That would be cool. Um, I, I want to talk about Rose and Mickey for a second. Yeah. I, I think part of, like, one of the reasons why this is such a good starting episode, because you have Rose, who's the season companion, and this is really essentially Mickey's first uh, journey. And so there's just little things throughout the episode that I really like about the two of them, because, like, Mickey is a good intro into, like, okay, so, like, what is this? Oh, it translates for you. And, in you know, like, is this how it always goes? Yep, pretty much. Um, but there's just, like, little human moments with the two of them. Like, when they get the fire extinguishers, and he's like, but the doctor said to stay. And, wrote, and like, he picks it up, and he's just like, let's go. And they're like, yeah, let's yeah. go on an adventure. Like, that is such a really nice human moment, because it's kind of like that fantasy. Like, we all want some great big adventure. And we're actually experiencing these two going through that. And, like, the very first thing they want to do is explore. And that's such a very human moment. Um, and that's about as far as Mickey gets. But with Rose, what I like about her throughout the episode is she's the one that's asking the more human questions. You know, yeah. not not once in this entire episode does the doctor go, how are you feeling, Renette? But it's Rose who sits down and goes, okay, let me explain this to you the best way I can of what's happening. And then when Ned goes on the spaceship, Rose is the only one that goes, how are you feeling? And she's like, scared, I'm, I'm fucking scared, I'm on a ship. <laughs> but like, it's, it's, it's really nice to have Rose to have those quiet moments, because the Doctor's too busy trying to save her best life, but Rose is trying to save her at, on a human level. And that's something I've always liked about, well, the companions in general, is that they, they are the heart, while the Doctor is usually like the mind and the big adventures, but like the, the companions are the heart of the show. Apparently the scene with Renette and Rose was cut. A lot of it was cut down. And then Stephen Moffat, I think, threw a hissy fit and managed oh. to get it put back in. That's but good, because it it's yeah. a really nice scene with the two of them. Because I don't think the Doctor thinks of Rose that way at this point. I think technically he does eventually, but not at this point. Yeah. You know, so... That's kind of no. That's kind of like one of my longest pet peeves of Doctor Who, and like uh, an issue I've always had, is that it's like when suddenly when a Doctor has a regeneration, they just forget everything in their past lives or, or whatever happened or whatever. the The best example I have of this is David Tennant is like the king of modern. Oh, what's the word Pop I'm looking culture? for? Yeah, thank you. Thank you. He's like the king of pop culture. And then you get to Matt Smith, and it's like he's pop culture stupid. And I'm going, no, you're the same character. You would still have those memories. Like, you would still know what all this is. And so that that that's kind of annoying here, because he had all these really deep connections as Eccleston's doctor with Rose. You know, they, that's when he really first started falling in love. And this early in the season, it's kind of like the Tenet Doctor forgot all those moments and is just kind of downplaying that kind of rose side of, like, what makes her so great as a human. And it's not until, like, we develop this romance later, and it's like, he remembers it? I'm like, no, you've already had an entire season of that, because you're you're still the same character. Like, that's always been a pet peeve of mine, a Doctor Who. See, I never saw Christopher Eccleston's Doctor as having fallen for Rose in that way. I always it thought was he was... more like a 
friend thing, though, because I always yeah. think of that moment and, oh, I can't remember what episode, but they're, like, locked in a cell and they're about to die and they hold hands and he's like, I'm really glad you're here. And she's like, me too, even though we're about to die. Mm-hmm. Like, I always think of that moment and then, of course, the doctor dances. And so he might, and it might not be a romantic thing, but they still yeah. have that past that's not apparent here with Timmet's doctor. It's like he forgot all of that. That's I, always I, I, uh, I don't even know if it's so much of forgetting as it's just... I mean, the Doctor, in mm. some respects, is as smart as he is, he is sort of addle-brained at times, so... I mean, does he always have time to put his personal stuff that he's got going on in his head in a, as the same time that he's trying to solve a problem? It's almost like he's got tunnel vision, so when there's <laughs> nothing going on, you know, you can kind of see that, but sometimes it feels like when he has a job to do... Everything else goes by the wayside. It could be and he that just he, sort of focuses on yeah. it. It could be he focuses and rushes through things to get it done as quickly as possible because his lifespan is ridiculously long compared to, you know, humans. So he knows how important time can be for them, essentially, as opposed to him. So maybe he rushes a little bit too much. I don't know. What do you think? And he's also a, he's also a man. Let's be honest uh, here. As da- Dave and I will attest, men are dumb. Yes, unless <laughs> unless you spell it out with like actual physical words, with not letters. necessarily going to yes. get stuff. So, yes, we are Mister Thick Thickety Thick Thick from Thickania most yeah. of the time. And your dad. And so is your dad. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> <laughs> I am sorry. No, that's great. No, it's totally fair. Oh, I I did really like what they did with Mickey in this episode, because we don't get to see much of him, but he has a couple of comedic moments. He's exploring and learning stuff about the place. But at the end, he takes Rose away so the Doctor can have time alone to kind of... Yeah, he picks up on that right away. Yeah. I I, I liked Mickey from the first time we see him in the show. I know he got the short shrift and they kind of made up yeah. for that with the, the alternate Earth Mickey. He's a, a character that I will always defend because he oh, had... Yeah. He's kind of like... like I think like Rory is the better Mickey because at least like Rory got these like really great storylines and got to develop. Mickey never got that and then he just kind of turned into Rambo with Martha. Um, but I, I feel like he had such great potential to be... I mean, like to to be pretty much be an action hero and to, like to really take on that Rory kind of role, um, except and like could have like really played on his own very well, but they just like totally shanked his character and just made him terrible. They, they, I thought they did a really good kind of arc with him because he starts off as being terrified of everything. Yeah. But after, and he also starts off being like a really jealous yeah. boyfriend. Yeah. But I, I actually, I actually really love his developments with Jackie mm. later in, like, season four, and, like, how they make their own little family unit with Rose gone. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he does a great job with it. I mean, he, essentially, he gets put through a whole ton of shit, because he gets arrested for Rose's disappearance. He is briefly arrested for that, and I think that's possibly... I forgot about that! Oh my god, I totally forgot about that! I think that's where he starts getting the computer skills, because he starts searching for everything he can on the Doctor, because he's a mechanic as well. Um, that I mean, that pops up in this episode. The fact that he says, oh yeah, it's always the parts. You know, that's his yeah. job. So he knows how things work. And he, he picks up computer skills rather well. 
and actually starts using them to help people where he can as soon as he realizes he has them because yeah it's another case of where anybody who's anybody's life that the doctor touches is invariably changed usually for the better Hmm. so it's i mean that's that's kind of a theme of the show in general too you know there's this person this amazing person that comes down and your life is never the same again yeah i mean technically we would have covered that in the when i can't remember who was on it i don't think i was might have been but we talked about the previous episode a while back the school reunion one where sarah jean you know she was still essentially continuing things but hadn't necessarily moved on from the doctor but it had a massive impact on her life yeah. Then she then she got her yeah. own series, so yeah. I miss Sarah Jane. Yeah, I think I I want the Smith and Jones TV series or a Smith uh Smith and Smith TV series because that would be cool, especially since um, I think his sentient finished. I think that's what uh Martha was doing most recently. Am I right? Yeah, I wouldn't mind like a. Martha, Mickey, maybe Jack television show, and like their job is to keep tabs on maybe like the people the doctor has touched. Like, cool. so like, they, you know, they like check in with Donna for an episode, but they can't really interact with her because her brain mm-hmm. will explode. Or they like, you know, Jack being a time jumper himself, like maybe like for an episode, they get thrown back in time, they see the pawns. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or even just almost like a Torchwood X show, but like they're in charge of Earth while the Doctor is gone. I mean, it would be nice to have like occasional visits back to the Companions because you could have a Captain Jack and Amy Pond story where they interact with each other and not realize that they know. Oh, the and Doctor. Jack could have such Jack could have a, such a good conversation with Rory because Rory has lived two thousand years. Like they oh, could yeah. have a really good conversation about like how life in that time is just just is so slow and 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 how things like move so quickly and slow like i think rory and jack can have a really great like break it down human conversation and you can relate that that back to the doctor because he does live such a long time yeah. surprisingly they never did that it's mm-hmm. amazing i mean technically rory hasn't done it but he has done it because he has the memories of doing it but it was in an alternate reality where he doesn't matter. If you've got 2,000 years of memories, yeah, you've lived 2,000 years. No, no, no. That's what I'm saying. But Amy also might technically have 2,000 years of memories because she was just in a box. She wasn't necessarily asleep. So I'm just trying to figure out how all that crap works. Because he didn't remember it until he did. And then he remembers everything. And that's got to be... They don't really touch on that at any point. Yeah, that's the kind of stuff that would drive a person insane. Yeah. <laughs> But I wonder if that's why Rory is so patient with people, because he's he has that experience. You know, he just kind of... Anything, anything that we could do to bring back Brian? Brian Connor. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anything to bring back Brian, even if it's just, like, Jack sitting down and being like, I saw your son today, and he'd be like, what? No! <laughs> hmm. And then we all cry some more. Yeah. Or even uh... if Jack just kind of manages to supply some sort of diary of Amy Pond and Rory Williams and just kind of realizes that the doctor has encountered these people at some point and goes, oh crap, I should go visit the family. 
I just yeah. thought of a crazy episode where because he lives forever, it's like an a Jack's like life. He lives forever. It's like an ultimate feeding source for the weeping angels. Ooh. Oh God. Because, like, you know, they live off the potential of somebody's life, but he lives forever, so I can see them just, like, keep throwing him further back in time. So, like, he might be in the future, and he gets thrown back to the present, and then he gets thrown back to the pond time, and then he gets thrown back to Pompeii, and they just keep throwing him back until he's at the beginning of time, and he's just like, stop it! Or, they just touch him, like, repeatedly in the same place, which, I realize how bad that sounds, but... If, you know, because they send him back in time, but keep him in the same place so that he lives for however long until he gets back to the same place where he was, then touch him again, and he goes back in time to the place where he was, you know, and... That so could it's be... like Groundhog Day, but takes like a hundred years. Yeah, but oh, God. The, the more fun thing would be when Jack realizes that all this is happening and comes up with a plan where there's like 50 Jacks all taking out the Weeping Angels. Cause oh, man. That, that would be awesome. crazy, but also interesting, because there'd be a whole big paradox going on there somewhere. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Let's send in spec scripts. Let's do it. <laughs> just, Joel, just send this entire episode to Moffat. Yeah. Well, no, he's <laughs> not. No, I'm not going to lie. He's I want him to get busy on that, because, uh, you know, they did Sherlock, and they just announced that they want to do Dracula. In the same way that they did Sherlock, and I'm like, yes, let's do what? this. This is amazing. Yeah! Alright, sign that me mean, up. Will that just be mostly through texts and emails, then? Maybe. But, uh, <laughs> like, I don't, we, we don't know anything about how they're going to do the Dracula show. All we know is it's going to be a three-episode format with long episodes just like Sherlock. We don't know if it's in the modern day. We don't know if it's in the past. Uh, nothing has come out about it. Though I'm sitting here going... Do you know how many characters are currently sitting in public domain that they could do potentially? They could do Frankenstein. They could do Robin Hood. They could do, I just blanked on it, but there's a great list online of like public domain characters they could do. They, and I'm just sitting there going, that's such a great potential for them to constantly do like all these. And then would it be great if they set it up like they all met? <laughs> yeah. yeah. They probably wouldn't do Robin Hood because there was a Robin Hood TV series here Within and the also, past if they modernized years. it, it would pretty much be Arrow. Yeah. Pretty much. That's where I was going. <laughs> but, I mean, I'm a, I'm a total... I, I love Robin Hood stories. Like, mm. he's one of my favorite characters of all time. So, that's why I love the Capaldi episode with Robin Hood. That's so terrible, but I don't care because it's Robin Hood. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't see, I didn't find that one terrible. I just had fun watching it. Not all of them yeah. need to be, you know, super yeah. serious episodes. It was one of the more fun ones. Yeah. yeah, that was one of the first times I really liked Capaldi, and I think I liked it so much because Robin Hood was there, and I love Robin Hood, and just, <laughs> like, I, you know, I love any form of Robin Hood, like, like Sean McGuire, he's one of my favorite yeah. actors and my personal heroes, and I, I love him as Robin Hood, um, oh, Sean, <laughs> so, I still remember I him thought, when he was on various different, kind of, programs over here, Dangerfield, you have to- you have to send me his CDs, Dave. I'll pay I, you. I will see if I can find them. I've been keeping an eye out, just in case well, any of them pop up in secondhand like shops. I keep trying to buy them on Amazon, but I'm just like, no, no, I can't. I don't have expendable money. <laughs> I love how you call money expendable. Most of us call it disposable. To you, it's literally like, this money is dead. Well, it's technically dead it would money. be. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> it, it works. Uh, you know I, I woke up and I realized I've been meaning to say disposable. That's mm. all right. Expendable's good too. I can't okay, I've only been awake for like about an hour before this. 
<laughs> but no, seriously, if I have that kind of money, like I, I better like have to plan. Like it's it's set for things, and it pretty much is dead to me because then I don't touch it. Like right now, yeah. I have some money set aside for Dragon Con, and I do not touch that until Dragon Con. So it pretty much is dead to me. I can't use it right now. Yes, eventually Travel- I will make my way to Dragon Con. I don't know when it will be, but I'm dying to go. Ah, it's yeah. great. I have to make my way there at some point. I also have to make my way to New York at some point, and also yes. to Florida, because I'm going to Disney World at some point. That's right. Yeah. I have to get out to Walt Disney World, which is Florida, yes. Disneyland yes. is California. California. And probably the Paris one at some point, because it would be nice. Try, try yeah. to get to all of them. I think there's a Chinese one, isn't there? Uh, Tokyo. Was it Disneyland like Tokyo? Yeah, I've been to that I one. I think so, and I think that, I actually do think there's one in China, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I've been to the Tokyo one. Both parks. Quite nice. I would like uh, to see it in English. I just want to go to, like, to- Tokyo in general, like, for a month. Yeah, you should. Um, but I wouldn't necessarily stay in Tokyo for a month, although there is a lot you can do there. No, would... no, if I, if I go to Japan, yeah. I'm going on a world tour. I'm going to go to, like, Kyoto. Like, one of my dreams is to go to the, uh, manga museum. I yeah. wanted to go since I was a child. Uh, nice. I, I would take like a week in Tokyo, like a week in Kyoto. Like I would, I would be traveling. Yeah, I just want to go to a country where I'm slightly taller than everybody else. <laughs> uh, it, it is beautiful. I just imagine you march around like I'm a giant. No, <laughs> no, I'm not. But I feel giant. <sighs> you could just walk around with a Godzilla mask. Oh man! Oh, there's a Godzilla hotel. In Shinjuku. I have to go back yes. to stay there. I think uh, Tim Elliott actually stayed there. Oh. When he went he went to uh, Japan a couple months ago. See, what? last time I was there, it wasn't a thing. Not a thing. I have to go back. <laughs> and you can only book the Godzilla room through the actual official website. So, just in case anyone listening is looking to do it, you have to go through the official website of the hotel in order to get the Godzilla room. Does it does it does it do the Godzilla screech after you like confirm the reservation? Because that'd be sweet. I, I have to assume so. I haven't I haven't bought the the hotel yet. It's, I I still have to save up for all of my American trips. That's so, true. Like I'm I'm hopefully going to try to convince a whole bunch of people to go to Disneyland in 2019 or Disney World nice. in 2019 because Star Wars. Oh yeah. 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 Oh man, I guess I gotta start saving my pennies too. Cause... Yeah. Yeah, my my mom lives about an hour and a half away from Disney in Florida, so I that is a plan of like one time I'm gonna go down there and we're gonna go to Disney after Star Wars World opens. Nice. Oh my god, it's the the fact that I'll be able to walk around in a Star Wars theme park is gonna like blow my mind. The one of my favorite jokes is a rose because I tore down the part of. That's going to be the Star Wars world, and it was like just a bunch of rubble. And somebody was like, "Man, the Alderaan section of Disney looks great." <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. It's like someone way more clever than me came up with that. Yeah. Bravo. Uh, I have four. I just have four like little like just total throwaway notes left. Go for it. Go for it. Uh, the first one is, I completely forgot about Arthur the Horse, and I was so happy when I saw him. Yeah. Um, I let you keep Mickey. Great... <laughs> I know, I totally forgot about Arthur the Horse. Uh, one of my favorite lines for, was from Renette, and said, it was, uh, one might tolerate a world of demons for the sake of an angel. Oh, That's yeah. a great line. Yeah. 
Um, I just love the scene in the party where Renette just takes charge of the chaos, and it shows like why why she's just such a great, strong character. And she and she has that great speech of like, "We will not let it fall. We are French." I love that scene. And my God, what a tragic ending! Yeah. Because it's like two minutes for a doctor, and he comes back, and you just know like Renette, like in that seven year period, was just like looking at the stars and waiting, and she knew she was dying, and she was waiting and waiting and waiting. She never got that, like, yeah. great adventure. But then it kind of flips back that she did have her great adventure. You know, she got to be queen. Her adventure was helping people and leading her people. Well, and not, not that, that itself, yeah, well, that itself is a venture of its own. Like, she could have impacted, yeah, people in the stars, but she got to impact her own people. Yeah. And that right there is what makes her so great. Um, but it's still so sad because it's like two minutes with the doctor and like seven years for her. I, I still yeah. loved how she grasped the whole concept of time travel fairly easily. It, it kind of reminded me of the whole Sam Beckett kind of description. <laughs> she does it as pieces of paper. He does it as a piece of string where you tie it together and you're able to jump from one place to another. She does it as a book where the pages yeah. are folded in order for you to pass through them. And yeah. I, I thought... That's a good way to think of it in, you know, with what you're familiar with from your time. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. I well, mean, I mean, my melding with the Doctor probably helped with that, too. Yeah. Just a little, but... Just a little. I mean, she knows his real name. Because she, oh, yeah. she knows the Doctor is a title, essentially. That's not what his real name is. Yeah. 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 And it's, that was the... Th- I think, was that the first time we'd encountered something like that, where there was an inkling of it being not being his real name? Because I can't tell. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's ever... T- it's never touched on in the classic series. No. Um, and I don't think it ever comes up with the, the tenant... I mean, the uh, Eccleston Doctor at all. So that- I... Then that could be like a setup for the whole, like, trying to find the Doctor's name in later seasons. Yeah. So there's a lot of kind of things that they do actually follow up on in this. Yeah. You know, and use stuff from it again. But I think my my only real note that kind of I have left over is the fact that they made it rain whenever the coffin was leaving Versailles. Which apparently is historically accurate. It was raining the day that her coffin left Versailles. That's pretty cool. Um... Uh, she shall not have I good love, weather on the way to Paris, I think was... I, I love the lighting in that scene, too, because the moment that the Doctor steps out, you know something terrible has happened. Oh, yeah. it's, it's a very good scene setting of of that scene. And they don't even say right away that she dies until you see the coffin. Yeah. But it's like, you know it happened. Yeah. But everything, oh, yeah. the rest of the time, it's been, the room has been lit also possibly by the fire, so there was no fire in the room when he went through. So, it, it's the the fire's gone out. Yeah, and the entire episode is actually relatively warm. It's very warm colors, it's very saturated, and that scene is just dark and moody. And it, it almost feels wet, like you're watching it be wet. Yeah, I, th- I think I read somewhere earlier that if you look at the uh, color of the walls, um, they're actually TARDIS blue. Oh. Because the, the uh, room with the fireplace has now been repainted. Because while she, right. I, I don't know that she ever saw the TARDIS in reality. She may, no. have, she may have seen it in the Doctor's mind at some point, and it is fairly yeah, important to him. 
Yeah, I would say so. so. Th- there's a lot going on just with the darkness of the room and the colors and everything else that's going on there. Th- they did a good job of this. I also like just how chill King Louis is. And he's just like, oh, hey, you're the guy that my, my mistress loved. What's up? <laughs> Well, they, 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 they did stop having a kind of physical relationship after a while, and he essentially, she's sorry, she essentially just became like his friend who lived in the house with him. You know, they they stopped being physical with each other. So yeah, no, I, I do like the little line that they added, like when Rose was like, "Well, I bet the Queen loves her," and the Doctor was like, "Yeah, they're friends. They're fine. Yeah, <laughs> they're yeah. just cute. They're French. It's they're another French. planet." Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's right. There is a planet called France, right? That Probably. Make a point of that. But technically, for the Doctor, Earth is another planet. So, you know. <laughs> I think. Are we finished? I don't think I have any I more thoughts. Yeah, I don't think I have anything else to add. Uh, oh, the only other thing is, I think it's really nice how at the very beginning how talk the Doctor talked to Kid Renee. Uh, Renette, because yeah. he like really was just like very gentle, and I always like seeing the doctor interact with kids because like with adults and monsters, he's just he's very much an adult, but like he gets down on like their level whenever there's a child in the room, um, and like he actually treats them like how children should be treated, like tiny adults with thoughts, feelings, and emotions, and that entire scene like you know protecting her from the monster and being like don't turn around, just keep your eyes on me, it's not scary, I promise. And, like, I just, I really, like, I always love seeing the Doctor interact with children because it kind of brings out a really nice side of him. Yeah. Um, Starting episode, balancing history and sci-fi. Renette's one of those characters I wish stuck around. I like the scare. It seems the Ricky and Rose. What makes it human? They want to go on an adventure. Rose. 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 <laughs> uh This is my love of the king. Oh, I'm the lord of time. Yep. It's on my notes. I just remembered something that I didn't write down that we probably should have brought up. These androids come back, essentially. Or at least very similar ones. Because I think the ship that crashed in the olden days before this in London for Deep Breath was a sister ship to this one. Oh, yeah. It's using the parts to make the android people, essentially. Yeah, I've never even thought of that. That's a great connection. I forgot about that. Oops. So it's, well, it's part of the show now. Yeah. So, what, what did you think of them taking the idea that they designed in this one and going a bit more Bronze Age in certain places for it? Because that guy, he, he was essentially just a skeleton frame with fire inside it. You know, like a flame inside his head. It's it's a kind of stark contrast to what they kind of are able to do with, I guess, 17th century France stuff. It's it's kind of fitting into the time period in which they're trying to get to, or they've crashed in, and what they're trying to repair. Um, and I'm rambling. Did any of that make sense? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, you'd work. Yeah. You're gonna work with the parts that you have. Yeah. So. But it's it's interesting that they have a more clockwork thing, and that that's that's kind of reflected in the music with the kind of music box type thing they have going on. That all of that was that way. It's 18th century clockwork for everything involved in that, and it's just a little different with the kind of flash balloon that they create for <laughs> for, for uh, deep breath. Yeah, flash flash balloon is is much different. Yeah, <laughs> but oh, just as creepy. Yeah, I just love the fact that I exist in a world where I can actually say this, the words flesh balloon. 
Hi, yeah, I forgot about this episode. Okay. I, I had to, like, Google really fa- fast, so I was like, I know I've seen this, but I forgot what it was about. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. It's it's the first Capaldi episode, essentially. Yeah, the first full one, because I, I remember that. I really liked that scene at the end where he's facing off at the guy. Hmm. So. Did you jump or were you pushed? I believe was Missy's question about it. Yeah. Yeah. And they never say, I don't think. Which I, I don't think they should. Nope. Yeah, it's, well, regardless, what, whatever happened there, it had to happen, because otherwise it was going to be worse for everybody. But yeah, the Doctor is always trying his best to kind of stop as much death as possible, but if he has to cause a little bit, he's not technically against it. Nope, you gotta do what you gotta do. He blew up a whole not... bunch of dialects at one point or another. Yep. Several I mean, times. They, like... And the point he makes in Deep Breath is, after a certain point, how much of you is still you? So it's, yeah. he's not even... If he did does kill that thing, he's not even killing the original thing. He's killing... He's destroying something, not killing something. Hmm. So, I don't know. Interesting stuff. It's the whole broom thing. If you replace the handle of the broom and uh, 15 times and the brush of the broom 12 times, is it still the same broom? No. <laughs> hmm. Shit, I just go buy a new broom. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should leave I on that. We're finishing up on Hope Needs a New Broom. Uh, so, <laughs> we, we will see you all again next time, I hope. Um, so, until next time, goodbye. Farewell. Oh, are we going to say where people can find us? Oh, that's a point. I can stop yeah. things around. <laughs> now we don't need to tell people where they can find us. They should know. They should know right away. Ah, right, go ahead. Where, where, where do you guys show up currently? Hope. Um, I'm currently on J Guys and Jedi, which is our Clone Wars podcast. We are going through. It's with me and Chris Honeywell, and we are currently going through every episode of Star Wars: The Clone Wars. We just started season four, Ooh. and when we finish up that, we're going to be doing Star Wars Rebels. Yeah. Um, I'm also the news writer for whatthefangirl.com, and you can find me on Twitter at HopeMullenX or at JGuysAndJedi, which is our podcast Twitter. Ooh, and Chris, where are you hiding it? Uh, I don't hide. I'm out in plain sight all over the Two True Freaks network. I do several shows, uh, The Vault of Startling Monster Heart, Tales of Terror, with Chris Honeywell, Jay Jackanetti, and his brother Luke Jackanetti. I do Cast Protection, which is a Stranger Things-inspired podcast with Jonathan Kreitz and Dave Atterbury. I'm on Weekly Heroics, which covers the superhero TV, comic book and superhero TV shows with uh, Scott uh, McGregor, and uh, I'm always popping up on other various random stuff, like You, you know, you might be the one that I want to do this, uh, or, or have somebody do this, but me and Honeywell were talking about it recently. You, you know how for uh, like several years there... All the DC shows, like the Batman animated ones, Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, yep. and beyond, they were all one universe. Oh, yeah. I've been wanting a podcast to start at the beginning and go through that entire universe episode by episode. I would love to do that. If I, I just, please do it. I've been really wanting to see a podcast do that. But I like every what? single episode of all of those shows in the same universe and break them down episode by episode. Like, I please do it, Chris. That's what that I want to do. I well, that was one of my that's one of my favorite expanded universes, uh, and I I had started watching the Batman animated series the day it first aired, uh, and I've loved it ever since. So um, if I have to do it myself, I will. If I can wrangle somebody else into oh, it, I will. You won't have to do it yourself. I'm sitting right here. 
Just saying. Uh, all right, let's. I, no, I'm penciling this in then. Me and Dave are gonna we're gonna cover the the DC animated universe. That'd be great! I can't wait. Oh, I want to be on the Booster Gold episode whenever you get there. Oh, everybody Gold, wants like, to be on the Booster Gold episode. The greatest he, story never told. I love that. He episode. is he is the Justin Bieber of superheroes. <laughs> no, listen. If you took no. Justin Bieber and threw him in the '80s and he ran around and told everybody he was the king of pop, they'd be like, "What are you talking about? It's Michael Jackson." <laughs> and he'd be like, "No, I'm the king of pop." Like, yeah, he's the Justin Bieber of superheroes. Except Booster right. Gold is more of a nice guy. Yeah, that's yeah. true. But yeah. I, I get your point about how he's flashy, that side of him. That makes yeah. sense. So, yeah. Well, Dave, where can people find you? I, I pop up with um, Scott McGregor as well on No Consoles for Old Men, where hopefully we'll get around to recording again, because as I, as I possibly mentioned on the show earlier, or didn't, depending on how I edit this, um, I built a new computer because my laptop died. Uh, so now I can play all of the No Consoles games that I want. Uh, or don't want. Um, also, ah. possibly coming soon, I may be doing a DC Animated Universe uh, podcast with with Chris Tyler. Um, <laughs> yes. Not sure where it's where it's going to be on, but we'll find somewhere for it. Um, oh, I on two true freaks. I have some pull with the two true freaks guys. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that could be a thing coming soon. Um, so that, that's basically where you can find me. Um, so. Listen to all of that stuff. I mean, yeah. if, if you've got free time, why don't you? Yeah. Make, why, why, why aren't you listening already? Oh, wait, you yeah, are. Yeah, in the podcasting machine. <laughs> Listen to everything. Listen yes. to everything we do. We crave um, validation and attention. Yes. Gene the podcasting machine. Listen to us. And I have to do what we do in our, our show. Well, that's us for this time. Um, We'll catch up with whatever episode. I think we're trying to do one of the new series episodes for next time. So yeah, and, uh, and remember, guys, always bring bananas. They're great conversation starters. Yes. Well, as a man, I can say I always carry a banana with me at all times. Is it to put in really? the tailpipes? Is, is it like one of those like baby bananas that you can find like at a Whole Foods market? Like no, it's like no, it's like one of those giant plantains that you get at, like the organic store. Oh, so so we should just start calling you tripod. Yeah. <laughs> I think we should stop here and and before this That's starts going any further off the rails. So <laughs> see you all later. Bye. Bye. Enjoy a banana. <laughs>
You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two Two True True Freaks. I was just thinking how much I can't wait to play video games again when I have expendable money. There you go. Expendable money. Because, Lord, I want a PS4 when Kingdom Hearts comes out when I'm 75. It's it's not too uh, that far away, right? I mean, it's been like pushed back 10 years. No, no, like, I've just been waiting for Kingdom Hearts 3 for about 10 years now, so. Yeah, yeah. I got the I got the ending at Kingdom Hearts 2. I was going, oh, when's the third one coming out? Oh, I'll get that on PS3. That'll be great. No, yeah, no. Though D23 is next week, I think, and they've already said they're bringing Kingdom Hearts to D23. So, so hopefully that means it'll be released. Yeah, well, yeah, like release date, new trailer, all the works. So, I I pre-ordered um, <clears throat> the new Spider-Man game last year, and I pre-ordered oh, the. So I know, I pre-ordered the Final Fantasy VII Remake last year as well, and they were due out sometime this year, when I when, when I uh, pre-ordered them. Uh, now it's next year, I think. So, yes. I really want the Spider-Man one. I understand he has a stupid white che- thing on his chest for a reason, it's to make him visible or whatever. Uh, I'll get over it, but it looks really fun. It does look good. Yeah, and I, I kind of died when I saw they're their remaking Shadows of the Colossus, which is like one of my absolute favorite games of all time. Mm. I died. <laughs> it's so pretty. Yeah, it was pretty when it came out on PS2. And yeah. that was going to be even prettier. Uh, I wonder you... if they, cause there was like five Colossus that weren't made into the game, uh, the original game, because whether like it was repetitive or they didn't have the space or like the funding for or like they couldn't do it. And there's one spider colossus that just looked fucking amazing, and I kind of hope some of those cut colossus make it into the remake. Yeah. Did you ever play Ico? Is that right, Ico? A very, very, very long time ago, like 16 years ago. <laughs> yeah. See, I played that briefly, because uh, I actually got to do that for my course, because my course was uh, video game related, and part of it was history of video games. That was one of the ones that we had to play. But um, Shadow of the Colossus came out around that time, and one of my housemates bought it. And so I watched him playing through it. And that's that's all I've had experience with, unfortunately. I've never actually played it. It's very sad. I'm going to have to grab it at some point, I think. Um, what What's the next one after the Shadow of Colossus? Guardian. Yes. The Last Guardian. Was it any good? It's a, it's a heard, PS4, I think. I heard it is the best and the worst game you will ever play. Because 
Yes. Uh, like a lot of people are saying, it's best because its graphics are amazing. The the creature thing that you're with is super lifelike and stuff. But that's what makes it the worst because they made it so lifelike that like a dog, it will ignore you. <laughs> like, yes, yes. <laughs> so like like that's what I heard most. Like the the creature is being hailed as like the best and the worst thing ever because it's so realistic that oftentimes I'll get distracted and just leave you. <laughs> and so oh. then you have to like get it back. So I heard it's like really fun but super frustrating because they made that dog thing super lifelike. Uh, isn't it great when AI goes crazy? I know. No. No, no, it's not. Yeah, no. that's right. I, I that's my phobia. No. I haven't been recording. This is a really good conversation. Yeah. Oh, I'm recording. Okay. <laughs> we, we, we double checked. This this is we a new setup. On the beginning of the episode, it's fine. Uh, we 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 um we we double checked that I had a file that had shown up after I started recording, which is good, uh, because this is my new computer. This is I haven't recorded with it yet, so. Okay. Oh, if you listen, if if you listen, it's quiet. You can't hear a fan anymore. Nice. No fans. It's great. So freaking quiet. My nephew had to, my nephew had to rescue my lap my uh, desktop with me a couple of months ago. He opened it up. He goes, "This is the filthiest computer I've ever seen. Like, <laughs> literally filthy." And then he oh. looked inside the computer and went, oh, dear, and there's dust, too. Um, yeah, yeah, but yeah. See, I have, like, two cats, and I'm pretty sure if I opened my laptop, there'd be a third one in there. <laughs> pretty damn sure. Yeah. <laughs> the, well, we talk Doctor Who. Yeah. Well, this one time I opened up my PS3, and the spider that was running things was dead inside it, so I had to oh, get geez. a new power supply. Oh, God. I'm, I'm pretty sure that was the problem. He was running the power supply, and then... You know, that when he died, the power supply went. You know, it's. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see a spider? Yes. yes. See, I would have just gone on my laptop outside and set it on fire. Yeah, kill it with fire. Nah, I, I vacuumed <laughs> up the dead spider. I took out the power supply and put a new one in. Oh, at least get a tiny gerbil <laughs> that runs in a wheel. Uh-huh. Yeah. Seems yeah, kind of cruel. I didn't know there was a spider in there. Otherwise, I would have been feeding it to make sure it kept running. You know, if if I didn't know there was a spider in there, I wouldn't have known there was a hamster in there. So the hamster would have died, and that would I would feel worse. <laughs> you know? Oh, guys! I just realized something. What? We we're in a time when we're recording this that there's a new doctor coming. Yes. Oh yeah. Yes, there is. Even though I haven't watched any of the new season, I just realized we could like throw out our best recs for who we want to be the next Doctor. Because there's like no information about it, right? Nothing. Nothing that I'm aware of, anyway. Okay. Um, we should throw out like the next person that we want to be the Doctor. That'd be fun. That, that would be interesting, but also really difficult, because I have no freaking clue. But we'll, we'll figure it out on the fly. I have choices. I'll write them down right now so I remember them. Hmm. I haven't even been thinking about it. Uh, I, I'm always thinking. Well, I don't I'm, have my top choices. I'm like six episodes behind for this season, so... I haven't yet. finished last season. I'm like waiting to sit down and watch Clara die, because I hate her. So <laughs> uh, I don't get your hopes up. At one point, it looked like it was going to be a super brave, awesome choice, and then it got hand-waved away the next episode. Spoilers. But yeah, pretty much. 
I'm looking uh, I'm looking forward to that day. I still need to finish that season and watch all of this season, but I've heard really good things about Bill, so I can't wait to like watch Bill. Mm-hmm. So I wrote down my four top choices for the Doctor when we get to that point. I ah. have been, I have been kind of on and off with how I've enjoyed certain episodes. Certain things have gone on too long. Certain things haven't gone on long enough. And I enjoyed the last two episodes a lot because of what they they actually did. So that's all I'm saying to keep it less spoilery since you haven't seen anything. Yeah. Well, girl in the fireplace? Girl in the fireplace. Bring us in, Dave. Okay, look. It's you! You're my favorite. You are are the best. You know why? Because you're so thick. You're Mr. Thick, thick, thickety, thick face from Thick Town, Thickania. And so's your dad. 